Hello and welcome to the Birth Zone Podcast. And today I should say that in addition to being the Birth Zone Podcast, welcome also to the Birth Zone YouTube channel. Figured as long as I am recording these podcasts for you, I might as well also um, do it in video. So it means that I have to get up and get dressed and out of my pajamas and uh, brush my hair. But now you can actually see me on YouTube if you wished. So if you are listening on the podcast and you would rather see me on video, you can go to YouTube and just look up The Birth Zone and you'll find me there. My name is Jasmine Sasek. I am obviously the host, um, but mostly I am a childbirth educator and a childbirth doula. So what I normally do here is provide short meditations for you to use because I really believe it's aside from education one of the most powerful tools that you have in birth is figuring out a way to go into what I call the birth zone which is that space that mental head space where you kind of tune out all the distractions really find a deep confidence in yourself um so that's what I normally do here. But today I have a blog that I'm going to read for you that I wrote this week. So if you're into reading, you can also go to my website, which is thebirthzone.com, and you can read a written version of this at that uh, at that website. But I wrote about how to advocate for yourself in labor. Um, The unfortunate reality is that in the labor room, it's one of the few places where the paying client, who is usually you, the pregnant person, the paying client often has to fight with your provider to deliver the service that you're requesting. It's easy to assume that medical advice is based on sound science and therefore should be followed. However, what we know about science changes rapidly. Procedures and practices that were once common practice as quote, best for mom or baby, become nearly obsolete as we learn more. For example, routine episiotomies, routine use of forceps, and thalidomide, to name but a few of those examples. Some doctors still recommend those outdated practices um, or new outdated practices, and sometimes a good Google search really does no better than their medical degree. Additionally, second opinions are standard of practice in nearly every realm of healthcare except childbirth. And that's because opinion really does come into play in medical care. Nothing is black and white, and the outcomes of any procedure, intervention, or lack thereof are never fully known until after the fact. This is where self-advocacy comes into play. Sometimes your gut, your research, or the advice of another provider tells you to go against the advice of your current physician or midwife. And the question becomes, how do you do that? How do you go against their advice? The short and easy answer is that you simply stick to your guns. The truth is you're allowed to do that, and no doctor or midwife is allowed to provide any medical care without your consent. You can just say no to anything. And that sounds so simple, but sadly, it often isn't that easy. The reality is that it is hard to stand up for yourself during labor and birth when you are faced with a disagreeing medical provider standing in front of you. You feel vulnerable. You feel unsure of yourself. You feel responsible for your baby's safety. And then often you've also got a loved one or a partner who's present and those fear tactics that are being used by your medical provider sway your loved one's support, undoubtedly out of their love for you and your unborn baby. But you can feel really alone and not quite equipped to stand up for yourself. So as you prepare for your birth, let's go into a few tips for advocating for yourself in that labor room. First, choose your birth team and location carefully. 
as someone recently said in our Birth Zone Facebook group, when you choose your provider, you're choosing whatever their typical outcome is. And I could not agree more. If your provider has a 40% cesarean rate, that means there's a huge chance you're also going to end up with a cesarean birth. If your provider has a 90% induction rate, you can almost bet they're going to try to convince you of the need for an induction. The same goes for your birth location. Hospitals are going to have a highly medicalized and time management approach to your labor versus a home or um, a birth center option. If you want all of those medical bells and whistles, hire an OB who manages lots of high-risk pregnancies. Deliver at a hospital with a level 4 NICU where they care for those most vulnerable and premature infants. If you'd prefer a more natural or hands-off approach to your labor, consider hiring a midwife or having a home birth. And then there's also lots of gray area in between, such as hiring a nurse midwife for a hospital birth instead of an OB at a hospital birth or delivering at a birth center. Next, have a birth plan. You can call it birth wishes, birth preferences, birth plan. I don't care. We all know what I mean. Some people feel like having a birth plan sets you up for disappointment and a sense of failure when the unexpected inevitably comes up. But a birth plan is an enormously helpful tool when it comes to advocating for yourself. First, you'll use that written birth plan to help guide a conversation with your OB or midwife prior to labor at a prenatal appointment. This will give you an opportunity to hear their opinions about your wishes and figure out if there are any hot button issues you need to iron out before you're in the middle of labor. Additionally, your birth plan will serve as a compass for you during your labor. When you aren't sure what to do next, you'll have a birth plan to fall back on. Next, ask lots of questions. Asking questions is often the first way to diffuse a potentially tense situation and begin to make a case for advocating for yourself. These are some examples of questions that can help in most situations when you're being offered a change of birth plan that you maybe don't want or are unsure of. Why are you recommending this? What is the medical indication for this intervention? What are the risks associated with this procedure or intervention? What would happen if I don't do what you're recommending? And what other options are available to me right now? Next, take time to consider every decision. When a provider suggests anything that deviates from your birth plan, don't give an immediate answer unless it's like a true immediate emergency situation, which is rare. Let your provider know that you'll need time to think about this recommendation and or to discuss it with your support person. Examples of this might be when your provider starts to offer Pitocin or breaking your water to speed up the pace of your labor. This extra time pushes the pause button for a moment while you really consider what you're agreeing to so that you're in charge of the change of plans rather than feeling pressured into it in the moment. Okay, next, hire a doula. Like how I embedded this one kind of in the middle of my list. I didn't want to lead with it because it seems kind of self-serving as a doula, but it's also way too important to leave it for last on this list. The truth is that everyone feels more empowered when they have someone on their side in the room. And it's a huge bonus for you if that person is not a close friend or family member because their emotions are going to get in the way, like I said earlier. Those fear tactics are going to pull them in. A doula will recommend birth locations and medical providers who are in line with your wishes. They will help remind you of your birth plan throughout your labor. They're going to help remind you to ask questions about the risks and the benefits of any proposed procedure. 
and they're going to ask if you need time to consider any suggested deviations from your birth plan. So basically, all those first four things that I just listed as suggestions is going to be so much easier to manage if you have a doula by your side because that's a huge part of their job is doing those things. Next, do your own research. Knowing the research and statistics for yourself allows you to feel empowered and confident in your decisions, even if they do happen to go against your provider's advice. My favorite website to research best practices in birth is evidencebasedbirth.com. They also have a podcast you can listen to. Um, It's easy to use their search feature to see the research on most topics about pregnancy, labor, and birth, including induction for big babies, induction for being past your due date, VBACs, and so many more topics. And then when all else fails, know that you have rights. No is a complete sentence, and it should be respected by every medical provider. If saying no isn't doing the trick, try saying, I don't consent to this. Finally, every hospital room should have the phone number posted for the patient advocate. This is an employee of the hospital whose job is to help sort out problems patients are having. I usually recommend going up the chain of command first. So you might ask like your nurse for their supervisor or, you know, whoever is in charge of them at the hospital or wherever your birth setting is. But if you're getting resistance, don't hesitate to reach out to that patient advocate and see where you get with them. Um, And finally, if you need to, let's talk about reporting problems after the fact. Sometimes people choose not to continue fighting while in labor for a variety of reasons, including just feeling broken down and bullied into the advice that you didn't want to take, feeling vulnerable to retaliation in the moment while you're feeling so vulnerable, um, or just being unaware of your rights in that moment. And then you look back and realize things didn't go the way they should have. You weren't supported the way you should have been. When this happens, you have options after the fact for reporting the bullying or mistreatment that you experienced. You can report medical professionals to the medical group they work for, as well as the hospital where you were treated. It may feel as if this goes nowhere. That's often a complaint. Like, I made a, I made a complaint, I made an official statement, and it went nowhere. And that can feel really defeating. But keep in mind that the only way to make change is for more and more people to start speaking up about their experiences and demanding better. That's really the majority of what I've got for you today about that. Um, I want to hear your ideas, your feedback. So please send me an email, send me a note, reach out to me through social media. I am on Facebook as well as Instagram at The Birth Zone. Um, We've also got a Facebook group for more discussion. Um, Just go to Facebook groups and look for The Birth Zone. You'll find us there. I'm going to do a series of meditations coming up after this based on these advocacy ideas so that you can really feel empowered going into your labor and your birth, that you will be able to advocate for yourself and stand up for yourself. So I do want to hear back from you your ideas. I wish you all the very, very best. Thank you for joining me today.